Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast today, Sunday, December 12, 2021. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we come before your throne of mercy, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, teach and guide us. May your words be received in our hearts. I remove the devourer whom I want to steal your words. Bless all who have tuned in and those who will watch or listen to the podcast at some stage. Have your way, O oh Lord our God, in the lives of all. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. May the Lord continue to bless him and his family. Walking with God series will be concluded today by his grace. The series outline, I encourage you to go through them if you have not. We are going straight to the next segment of it, which is number six. We spoke the upper Sunday, Paul, Apostle to the Gentiles, what we got us last two Sundays. And last Sunday, we spoke on emergence of two churches, the Church of the World and the Church of Christ. And let me emphasize, if you did not watch that broadcast, I encourage you to go back to our Facebook page or to the YouTube and watch it. But let me say something here. Every church that is organized in a hierarchy belongs to the church of the world. It's not the church of Christ. Every church that has the priestly class or the pastoral class and then the others are the lay people is not the church of Christ. Every church that is in opposition doctrinally from the doctrines of the apostles is not the church of Christ. And let me also warn those who are believers. You're always supporting one cause or the other. Remember that God destroyed the first world because of sin. And the second, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, he destroyed because of what? The practice of Sodom, which has become very accepting in many churches of the world. You believer, don't join common cause with those who accept and preach such because God is against you. God hates sin, but God hates that sin so much. So for emphasis, if you know things are not going well for you, examine your conscience if you really are a believer because you are maybe supporting one stupid sin or the other for whatever reasons. Or joining common causes with the world because you want to do something, you compromise on one another. God is not interested in compromises. God is not interested in your goodness and my goodness, but in the goodness that comes through Christ walking through us. Praise the Lord. Number eight, which is today's message. How you, believer, hearing me, or you, unbeliever, hearing me, can walk with God in this 21st century discombobulated world? Today's topic how you can walk with God. In this 21st century discombobulated world, Father, thank you for everything. Minister to our hearts. Outline. Few are walking with God in this 21st century world. We talk of billions of Christians. Please forget it. Number two, why many who believed walked away from God's presence? Many people have believed, but they walked away like Demas. Three, characteristics of the few who walk with God in the 21st century chaotic world. Four, what you and I must do to work with God. And of course, number five would be the Lord inviting you and I today who have so many problems or issues. 
accept his invitation anew and see if he will not come to your aid. Praise the Lord. First item, if you are working with God in this 21st century world, majority of those, who, majority of those called Christians during the apostolic age behave like Christ their Lord. That's why they were called Christians, like Christ. They were working with God. And God honored them with his presence. Though they were in the world, they remained separate from that world. There was no friendship between them and the world. Because the Bible has said, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Very few of those called Christians in the 21st century age could be said to be Christ-like. Very few. You have to agree with me. Most of those called Christians in the 21st century will be regarded as unbelievers by the Christians in the apostolic age. And truly they are. Therefore, comparing Christians in the apostolic age with those in the 21st century world will be like comparing day with night. And there's no meeting point between day and night. Christians in the apostolic age truly believed and showed it in their conduct, not just in their spoken words, in their conduct, their lifestyle, and readiness to die for their Lord and Savior. They were fervent in witnessing. Even though they were in constant danger from the world, from false believers, Jewish religious leaders, and the secular authorities. Hounded wherever they were went. That means wherever they went, they were pursued. They were, they were disturbed. They were flogged, imprisoned. They never wavered in obeying their lost mandate to preach the gospel to the whole world. Most 21st century Christians love and are loved by the world. They love the things in the world. And the world is their friend. They are self-seeking. Money is the god of most 21st century Christians. So they have the common agreement with the world, love of money, greed, anchoring all that. They hate the few that preach the gospel of Christ. That few that are walking with God are hated by their so-called fellow brothers and sisters because they belong to the church of the world, which is in opposition to the church of Christ. Most 21st century Christians are like the Jewish religious leaders who did everything to stamp out the faith once for all delivered to the saints, which is the gospel of Christ, shown of human constructs. That gospel that calls every culture into renouncing and accepting the gospel of Christ, the culture of heaven. Number two item. Why many who believe walked away from God's presence? Many times people from the church of the world do accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And after a time, some go back. In fact, majority go back. After all, I was in the church of the world before I became a Christian. True Christian by His grace. Please pay attention. For centuries, denominations and buildings called churches have been promoting the church of the world. 
The doctrines of the church of the world varies from denomination to denomination, from one building called church to another. In general, general, their doctrines are derived from aspects of the Babylonian occult, Roman paganism, Eastern mysticism, and Christianity. The end of the pastors and the overseers of new church organizations is to become part of the church of the world. That's why they start well and then they end up with the church of the world. As a member of the church of the world, young pastors gain access to the world's most influential political, religious, and commercial entities. So it's access. If you belong to the Church of Christ, you don't have access. The only access you have is to the Lord. And that's the only access that matters. Because that's the only one that will survive in the end. Please know that the Church of the World has nothing in common, I reiterate, with the Church of Christ. And again, can you watch last Sunday's broadcast? If you have not done so, so that you'll be able to distinguish and know exactly where you belong. Church of the world or Church of Christ. Most people who attend church services do so. You know, because their parents took them to such buildings. Like when I was a young person, I was taken to such buildings. When we were children. So, my beliefs and worldview were shaped by the Church of the world. And not the Church of Christ. That's happened to so many. So, and the church of the world taught us things that were very unscriptural. But who is going to tell us they were unscriptural? So I form pre-understandings and presuppositions shaped and guided by that worldview. And that's how many of you also who came to the Lord were also shaped. Those of you who are still standing were able to overcome. Those who are still who have left the church of Christ back to the church of the world as you listen to this broadcast, you will learn how you are going to come back to the Church of Christ. Praise the Lord. So that's the reason when we now, as we grow up and hear the gospel of Christ, we repent. But when we repent, what about those things we have been taught before? Those pre-understandings and presuppositions. We begin to struggle with them, but we learn this when we're young. How come they're telling us this now that we have come to Christ? Many people struggle with that. Those who fail to immerse themselves in the study of the scriptures often go back to their former churches. Where they have come from. For such people, the pool of what they have previously believed was too much. So they go back. What a tragedy. You see, they were used to taking direction and spiritual guidance from their pastors and elders. Now you're asking them to take guidance from the Lord. It's, it can be confusing. So they have difficulty reconciling what it means to have a personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is their Lord and Savior, with what I've been used to, which is whatever the pastor says or the bishop says, that is it. They don't have to do anything else. 
Now you are being told you have to go and study the scripture on your own and hear from the Lord directly through his word and sometimes into your spirit. They can't appreciate the idea of listening to their inner voices. In that confusion, many go back. The concept of having a lone walk with God is incomprehensible to those who repented and went back to the previous vomit, their church of the world. Because also in their former denominations, you know, they love those teachings that promoted worldly prosperity, that gave them access to the things of the world and the love of the things of the flesh. Here now is the gospel telling them that those things will be jettisoned. Then they have to not die to the flesh. Wow. And they must not love the world or the things in the world. Very difficult. Giving to the church of the world brings prosperity. That's what they were taught. And entry into heaven. And in some cases, so many prayers made after that day will help them to move from one state to the other. But the gospel of Christ teaches differently because it is the true gospel. Those who become believers will inherit eternal life only by faith in, not by works. Obedience to their Savior and their Lord. That is the gospel. It's foolishness to those who are perishing. For those who are inheriting eternal life, it is the gospel of life. Many of those who ran back to their former denominations, which belongs to the church of the world, this is so because they have no one to guide and explain things to them. That's why you, hearing me, if you're really a child of God, you have a job to do. Because had they met a child of God, why they were confused? That child of God would have told them to go into their inner rooms alone, study the scriptures and pray to God. That child of God would have told them to break every sinful relationship and to turn their backs to the world. That's what you and I ought to be telling those who went back into the church of the world. They need to be guided by you and I if you have believed and are truly a child of God. A child of God would have told those who are dabbling and wanted to remain, but they, they were being pulled back into the church of the world. That as they meditate and pray, that God will give them understanding. And they will be able to obey the commands of his son. The sad thing is those who have repented from the church of the world, started fellowshipping, they go back to the church of the world. They become worse than they were before. But there are still others who go back to the church of the world because they don't want to give up their old life of sin. They can't. They don't want to give up that relationship. They don't want to give up that thing that makes them always to sin against God. They love their life of sin. They will not admit it, but that's the truth. And they assuage their consciences when they backslid to their former denominations by diving deeper into church activities. You know, walk here, that works. It's going to help them. Break the sinful habit. If you don't, God is not listening to you. Had these ones who are still dabbling with sin while claiming that repented, met a child of God, that child of God would have told those unrepentant sinners who flirted with becoming born again that they must hate sin. You must hate sin. Break off sinful relationships and pray to God to deliver them. 
When they do, God will give them the inner strength to overcome temptations. See, that's the thing the devil doesn't want you to know. Your pastor doesn't want you to know. You can overcome, but ask God and he will deliver you. The child of God would have told such unrepentant sinners that God delivers us from only from our enemies and the things we hate. God does not deliver us from our friends and the things we love and hold dear. Why should God deliver me if I love something so much? Praise the Lord. Others who went back to the church of the world knew the truth. These ones knew the truth. But see, they couldn't get rid of the Egypt in their hearts. That's the world. They are like that rich young ruler. He couldn't. The world and the things in the world were so attractive to them. So faced with the choice of Christ or the world, they choose the world and go back to the church of the world. Three. Characteristics of the few who walk with God in this century. Here are the characteristics of the few who are walking faithfully with God today. Their repentance is genuine. When they had the gospel, they gladly accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. They repented of their sins and proposed never to go back to them, no matter the circumstances. They accepted that Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives. That he has purchased them with his blood. And therefore, their lives no longer belong to them. Therefore, that their lives belonging to Christ means that they only must do whatever Christ asks them to do. Scripture, please. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. They recognize that there has been an exchange. Christ took their old life and gave them a new life. Christ indwells them and Christ now must be allowed to walk. That they must die to the flesh so that Christ may manifest himself to the world through them. So they love to hear and read things about God. And they love to read the Bible. They read the Bible and they try to put into practice whatever they read. And they are not afraid to tell everyone they meet that they have changed and that Jesus Christ is Lord. It may cause them promotion in the office. It may cause them whatever it is. It does not matter. They are not allowing their light to remain in their bedrooms. Their light is shining outside. They cut out the umbilical cord, the umbilical cord with the world. They cut it off. They face Jesus and put their backs to the world. They're not looking back. Remember Lord's wife, he looked back, she looked back. Being isolated and maligned only make those who are children of God stronger. The more you malign them, the more you threaten them, the more you isolate them, the more they cleave to the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not afraid of threats. And they will rebuff all subtle attempts by family and friends to dissuade them from becoming a sore thumb in their neighborhood. Remember when the Lord was preaching, even his mother and brothers and sisters came asking him to go back. Because their actions showed that they have burned their bridges to the world. 
When you go in your business with the world, who else? God will say, my son or my daughter. He will cleave you fast. You have, because he knows you have no other place to go. So how can he abandon you? Christ can never abandon you when you are born to bridges to the world. But when you keep those bridges, you have a safety valve, then what can God do for you? When you do, God reveals himself, Father. And the Holy Spirit empowers you. Let's scripture, please. John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Praise the Lord. When you are born to bridges to the world, when you have shown sin and determined to follow him no matter the cost, Father, Son, Spirit are with you. And that's the end of that story. Nothing can ever take you back by his grace. Next item. What you hear in my voice today must do to walk with God if you are not walking already with God. You have been listening and watching this series. The question putting in your mind is this. What must I do to avoid taking the wrong turn? Or if I've taken the wrong turn, what must I do to come back? I want you to start with this mindset. Start with the mind, the determination. Number one, don't believe anybody, no matter what titles they have in denominations and churches. That's not first principle. Two, don't trust anybody. <laughs> yes, trust only God as you go to your closet to seek answers of those things that are confusing you. Don't believe whatever you've been told by your church leaders. If you cannot reconcile them with the teachings and practices of the apostles and other eyewitnesses of the lost resurrection. Whatever is not of that first century church is not of God, period. Don't believe anyone who tells you that once you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, you are saved. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pits of hell. That's not scripture. You cannot accept Christ as Lord and you don't obey his commands and say you are going to make heaven. It's a lie. You are not going anywhere. You cannot say you accepted Christ as Savior and you subscribe to works-based salvation promoted by Church of the World. That is, your works will help you to go to heaven. It is not possible. You have to believe and you have to obey. Trust Christ, obey him. Then you are saved. Because you are the path to that salvation, which is the end of the road. Those who inherit eternal life are those who made Lord, him Lord, that they made Jesus Christ their Lord. In their lives, in words and in deeds. It's not just in words. Today, in Jesus' name everywhere. Yeah, blessings. God bless you. Hey, yes, Lord, bless us here today. That's not the point. What life are you living? Let's go please. Romans chapter 2 verse 7. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. Praise the Lord. That's God's word. You will finally inherit eternal life so long as you remain in faith, not in works. So long as you keep on doing good that Christ enables you to do, not the one you want to do. So long as you are seeking only the glory of God in anything you do, not the glory of yourself. Not the obedience of men and women, you know. 
You are seeking only for the glory and immortality of God. That's all you are doing. You want to be in God's right standing at all times. Those are the ones that will inherit eternal life. I'm pleading with you today, my brothers and sisters, and those who have not repented who become my brothers and sisters. Go back to the apostolic faith. I don't mean apostolic churches. I hear of such things. No. I say go back to the apostolic faith. That is the faith of the apostles in the first century. That is the only authentic faith and the one preached by the church of Christ. Any church that's not preaching and abiding by the apostolic faith, the way the first apostles, the, those apostles walked and behaved, is not a part of the church of Christ. And if you belong to the church of the world, I have a problem. You have a problem. My problem is you are not hearing. But the problem you have is you are in danger of losing your soul. What those in the first century apostolic church said and did is a measure to use in determining what is true and what is false. That is the only measure. There is no other measure. There is no other tradition after that that should hear and abide. Praise the Lord. You say you are born again. <laughs> I'm sure the devil tells me somewhere when he is also born again. But you've never met the Lord. You've never met the Lord Jesus Christ whether in dreams or hear his voice or hear the quiet assurance in your spirit or sense his presence. You say you are born again. Okay. There's something wrong there if you've never had a personal encounter with the Lord who rescued you. You are still in the world. That's why you have not had a personal encounter. You are still tied to the world's aprons. You are dalliance with a denomination or, or building called church has prevented you from meeting your Lord and Savior. That's the reason. You can't have a Lord whom you do not know. And you can't have a Lord who does not know you. It's not by word. You have to have a personal encounter, period. Here's what you must do if you want to have a personal encounter. Come out from the church of the world. You are eating food for the flesh. And it profits your spirit nothing. In fact, it poisons your spirit. Cut out the umbilical cord with the world, which includes without your church denomination. Choose Christ and reject the world. Reject your denomination that is against God. Reject your beauty culture that is against God. Reject those pastors and general who are always telling you they have had visions and God told them this. They start now. Within one year, they change their tune. They are not of God. So I'm saying today, choose Christ and reject the world. When you obey, you will have that personal encounter. It's an assurance I give you by His grace. You have that personal encounter with Jesus, Messiah, Lord, and Savior. And your life will never, I say, your life will never be the same again. You can take that to anywhere you like. Your life will never be the same again when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ. But you're not going to meet him when you are tied to your denominations. When you are tied to those pastors and Jews who are fleecing their congregations. Let's do it, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 18. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? 
And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Praise the Lord. Verse 14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Most of the apostate church organizations are unbelievers. Righteousness cannot be a partner with wickedness. That's why I started with when this preaching started. Light and darkness cannot be in the same space. There is no harmony between Christ and the devil. Or between a believer to be a partner with unbeliever. That's what most of you, that's what is preventing you from having a personal encounter with, Lord, with the Lord Jesus Christ. God is calling you today to separate yourself in this year. Therefore, verse 17, come out from among unbelievers. Come out from your posted church organizations. Come out from the church of the world. Come out from your denominations and buildings called churches that continue to preach and promote things that are contrary to the scriptures. Separate yourself, says the Lord. Don't touch feeling things. Whenever you go in there, you're touching feeling things. And God will not be with you. He said, when you do, I will welcome you. Verse 18, I'll be your father. I'll be my sons and daughters. That's the word of God for you today, for this generation. For this generation that has turned their backs on God. Come out from among them. Come out from the church of Christ. Turn it from the church of the world. And embrace Christ. And then you'll be part of the church of Christ. Come out from among them and be separate. And God says, I will make you my sons and daughters. He'll come and dwell with you. The Holy Spirit will enable you. And you will know everything by and by. Praise the Lord. The Lord has an invitation today for you. Next item, please. He has an invitation for you, whether you have repented or not. Today, you may be having so lots of problems in your life, so many challenges. But you see, have you asked Jesus? Have you talked to him about it? Why are you carrying the burdens for yourself? Why don't you talk to your father? Why don't you say, Lord, see me? You're a child of God, I know. But you're still carrying burdens. If you're an unbeliever, of course, the burdens will remain until you accept Christ. So we're going to read this scripture, please. Meditate on this scripture, please, as we close. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his words. He's asking, you say, God wants to teach you. He didn't say, pastor will teach you or geo or preacher. He says, I want to teach you myself. First, cast your burdens upon me because it is too, you, are, you, you can't carry the burdens. Cast them on me and I will carry them for you. Then I will teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And when you do that, you also don't acquire that gentility and humility that is of Christ. And then your soul will no longer be struggling for the things of the world. Your soul will be at peace because you have God, you have Jesus. Please 
make this egg this week. Use this versus this two versus scriptures, please. Make it your your prayer point. Cast all your bodies, all your worries. Are you sick? Whatever it is. Did they tell you are going to die? It doesn't matter. Whatever is the situation, if you are not believe, all you have to do is repent. And this scripture is yours. You cast your burdens on him. If you're a believer, but you're still weighed down, cast the burdens on him. And say, Lord Jesus, teach me. Let me go as you lead me. Surrender everything to him. He can't lead you astray because he's God. We're going to sing a song about Jesus who raised you and I up. Yes, you raised me up. Jesus raised me up, he raised you up, if you're a child of God. When I'm down, and my soul is so weary, as many of us are today. When troubles come, my heart is burdened. What God is saying, I am still and I wait here in silence. I'm waiting until he comes and sits a while with me, and you should do the same. Whenever you're troubled, Invite him to sit a while with you, but be still, don't worry. You raise me up, my father, my God, so I can stand on the mountains, not I shall be in the valleys. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas, no matter what the situation is. I shall walk on stormy seas, ignoring the circumstances of my life. I'm strong when I'm on your shoulders. You raise me up to be more than I can ever have been. That's for you too, my brothers and sisters. There is no life. There is no life without this hunger. Each restless heart beats so imperfectly. But then you come. Whenever when Christ then came, I have life. And I'm filled with wonder. Sometimes I think I glimpse eternity. And when you come to him too, you will have the same. You'll be filled with wonder. And sometimes you glimpse eternity. Lord Jesus, you raise me up so I can stand on the mountains. You raise me up so I can walk on stormy seas. I am strong only when I'm standing on your shoulders. You raise me up so I can be more than I could ever have ever been. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name we pray. Dear Lord God, have mercy. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have not trusted you fully because sometimes we dabble with things in the world. Help as many, Lord, as have this difficulty today to break completely. For when they do, I know, my Father, my God, your son will come to stop with them. Take this message to their hearts, Lord, and pin it so they can carry all their burdens to your son. So they allow your son to teach them because only he is a faithful one. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to teach and guide us. Deliver as many, Lord, as we accept this message of truth. Rescue many in organized Christianity. The church of the world, the church that dances and dallies with the world. Rescue as many, my Father, my God. Open your eyes to know that there's only one church that is true, and that is the church of Christ. And that church is anchored in the apostolic age. 
that everything else that came, maybe right, maybe wrong, but they are not for anyone to build a church, a doctrine on. Because Christ, your son, is the head of the church. And we're all members of that body, those who have believed and accepted him as Lord and Savior. Help people to realize that Christ is in the head of his church, and the Holy Spirit is the only teacher and guide, that they may walk with you, Lord, or while on earth, they will not fall by the wayside. Help as many, Lord, deliver them from all evil. Father, let your hand touch as many today. May your counsel shine upon all who have heard this message today. May your words need to ring in their ears and in their hearts. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thank you all for watching. Next week we start as the Lord who gives us the message. We'll come to you again. Please continue to pray for us. But read your Bibles. Because that's the only way. You have to develop a relationship in your work with Him. That's the only way you show Him that you truly want to work with Him. Praise the Lord.